On a frank conversation, I've got some numbers for you. According to the National Association of Realtors, U.S. homeownership grew 1.3% to 65.5% in 2020, the highest annual rise ever as 2.6 million more households became homeowners. That's compared to 2019. But rates for black Americans, 43.4%, is lower than in 2010, just over 44% and nearly 30 percentage points less than white Americans. There are historical reasons. So it's it's been so interesting. Our organization started off uh, pre-civil rights movement um, and has been advocating for black home ownership for 75 years. That has gone through everything from lit, from redlining to Jim Crow laws to gentrification. We have been there from predatory lending. That's Courtney Rose. She's second vice president of National Association of Real Estate Brokers, or NAREB. The 2022 annual convention is in Tampa this year. That convention had breakout sessions for black realtors or realtists. Conversations covered where we've been and what it will take to move forward equitably. We're celebrating 75 years. In 1947, we were formed right here in Tampa, Florida. And our whole purpose as an African-American association is about democracy and housing. We're the oldest and the largest minority group in this country that does real estate and advocacy for black home ownership. And we're excited about celebrating such a wonderful historical, historical event here, right in your city. Lydia Pope is president of NAREB. According to Zipia, only about 5% of realtors in the U.S. are black. She pointed to the importance of inclusion. It's never tiresome. You know, as a black American, as a black organization, we fight the fight for democracy and housing. And it starts with our grassroots. It starts with the communities that we live in, that each and every one of us, many of us grew up in black neighborhoods where we understand or have felt the, um, the, the, the ripple effects of discrimination within our own communities. And so we're coming back as a national organization, going back home to where many of us were from and talking about the things and not just, not just doing that, but we have our policies going down to Congress, talking and testifying on the issues that are out here. We have to be the voice for those who can't speak. And if we're not here to do that, who else will protect our communities? Danny Felton lives in South Florida. He traveled to the Bay for the conference, and he serves as third vice president of NAREP. And like Tampa Bay, he says South Florida has seen housing prices grow. The housing market, uh, with the pandemic, things changed drastically. Rent prices skyrocketed astronomically. Uh, I've only been here for 18 months, but I myself have felt the, the wrath of that. Uh, but then as folks are trying to move into homes, I'm hearing people say, well, where are we going? I mean, there's not much available. But again, that's a snapshot for me as I'm new to the area. The price to live here is, is relatively high, right? And so, but when I think about real estate, real estate is local, right? And so that's where this conference comes into play, that we're able to equip our members to reach back into the community to educate our, 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 our communities on, you know, putting together a budget, putting together financial literacy, you know, being able to not just... Um, 
you know, deal with the challenges when we talk about debt to income ratio, but basically be able to create affordability studies and educate them on loan products and programs because we understand, you know, there's different factors that go into purchasing a home. So that's where we have to educate the consumer on the different products and pricings, whether it's down payment assistance, whether it's actually being understanding, understanding the different loan programs, whether it's a jumbo loan or whether it's a loan that, you know, requires low income verification, but just being able to educate the consumers puts us in a position that in spite of the economy seeming as though it's unreachable, that home ownership is achievable for each and every one if given the right tools. And that's our role. Danny, give me a couple of the, the frequently asked questions among people who are in the market for a home. Uh, maybe they're a bit apprehensive because they themselves are first generation and we still have a lot of that first generation college graduates, first, 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 first. The same may be true for home ownership. Well, one of the questions you hear all the time is, is it, is it, is it worth it to purchase a home? And, or is it a good time to purchase a home? Is it? And I, of, and I say it's always a good time to purchase real estate. You know, it's better to pay your mortgage than to pay someone else's mortgage. And as you alluded to, the home, I mean, the rental prices are through the roof and you get no return on that. So being able to invest in yourself first by investing in a property by any means necessary, it may take some discipline of saving money for a down payment or even getting support from a family member or looking into products or programs that's available. But investing in home ownership right now, it's never been a better time. And, and any other frequently asked questions among people? Because I know uh, just in coexisting with folks in our community, there's a lot of distrust because of some of the things that you all alluded to earlier with predatory home lending. Anytime we get paperwork out and we see fine print, there's a legitimate reason for, wait a minute, what are we doing here? And that's a great point. But the interesting thing about our organization, we also have uh, an organization, NID, which is NARAB Investment Division, which basically uh, is a HUD-approved um, housing counseling agency that educates consumers. You know, they provide the eight-hour courses to educate them on budget, crediting, the different types of loan products, the, the process, the 10 steps of home ownership. So when they go into this process, they actually understand what they're doing because it all goes back to education. You know, the more you know, the further you go and the faster you can grow. So being able to tap into our communities and educate them about the value and the wealth creation that can be earned through owning a home is something that we take great pride in. Wait a minute now, Danny, you said the more you know, and you said 10 steps, I don't just sign my name, but what are these steps? Oh, no, 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 no. First thing you gotta do is get your, get your house in order. Cause I say to people, you know what, don't buy what you qualify for. You gotta buy what you can afford because there's a difference. So that's where we sit down with them and we put together a budget to really show them that, you know what, in spite of, you know, me meeting with the loan representative and they're telling me, hey, I qualify for $500,000. That sounds good. But the other question when we look at the reverse mechanics is how much are you comfortable making a monthly mortgage payment? Because there's things that go into your mortgage. I mean, there's things that go into your budget that are not on your credit report. When we look at insurances, when we look at gas prices, when we look at, you know, the cost of childcare today. So it's important as we help our consumers, we're actually educating them to make sure that they don't just buy that home, but they actually are able to keep it and pass it on. The minimum down payment for a FHA loan is three and a half percent. Um, but there are some products that will allow as little as 1%, but a, a, a safe number would be at least 3% of your own funds to be into the transaction. Now, the idea is to educate and inspire. 
specifically as many aspiring homeowners grow weary. Nationwide, I mean, it's every uh, market tends to be a little bit different, but the fight is always the same. You know, in every single major market across the country, black home ownership is drastically lower than white homeownership. And so when we look at, and our uh, third vice president, uh, Felton, speaks to this uh, often, talking about generational wealth. Um, so when we talk about owning a home and being able to pass that on, it's not good enough just to say, okay, today there's no more discrimination. You want to loan, fill out an application when um, other races have generational wealth or parents are able to give down payment. Um, you know, there's a, a, a larger credit profile be, that's been handed down from generation to generation. So I think across the country, uh, even though some markets are a little bit different, it's the same, it's the same um, results. And so we, we come together uh, twice a year, um, but we work together every day of the year um, fighting the same fight. There's another barrier. According to a study conducted by the Education Trust, it found that student debt disproportionately impacts black borrowers. When it comes down to student loans, we've we've been fighting this fight long before it was popular. Um, this, you know, black students borrow more money, and this gets back into the generational wealth conversation. We borrow more money at higher at higher rates for longer periods of time um, than any other race, um, and so this has been something that has been a big problem and something that we've been cha uh, champion the fight for some time now. Um, you know, unfortunately, it had to affect all communities for it to be something that needed to be finally addressed. Um, so we are staying on top of like underwriting guidelines. Um, we are very happy with some of the gains that have been made with uh, HUD Secretary Marsha Fudge, who uh, her and her team have um, reduced the calculation in the underwriting guidelines for FHA lending. Um, We're continuing to advocate um, for the GSEs, Fannie and Freddie Mac, um, to make uh, similar changes and address address uh, student loan debt. And I will just tell you, one of the things is a lot, most, most people that uh, are, if they have a deferment, they don't have to make a payment now, um, but it is calculated an estimated payment into the loan. Um, you know, we like to believe that when that payment comes due, these educated home buyers will also have seen growth in their income as well. And that currently is not being um, calculated in terms of future. So one, our argument is we have imbalance in underwriting. And so that's one of our greatest um, arguments right now and, and very push uh, with regards to student loans specifically. Right. Because, you know, I had this conversation with people several times over in terms of not only student loan debt, home ownership or anything like that, that we may try and get a hold of for our uh, generations to come when you consider uh, you know, someone said, Frank, why do we need to cover this story over Black women equal payday, just for example? And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is not just impacting people paycheck to paycheck, but month to month, year to year, retirement. And when you consider things like home ownership, you all know all too well that this is a gumbo of trouble, if you will, as people try to get ahead in life. Um, how daunting was it for each of you? Or was it daunting at all? Did you feel confident the first time you stepped into owning a home? Yes, um, I'll speak to that. So I did, you know, my parents came from owning a home in a black community and home ownership was very important in my family. And so I felt the need to have what they call a peace of mind, to have property, that generational wealth. Even today, my children, 
and hopefully my children's children will understand the importance of home ownership and the generational wealth that goes down from family to family. One particular property can do so much to empower a family financially. It can pay for school. It can pay off debts. It can help them get another property. It can do so many different things, but the most important thing is land, owning that. If you don't have that, that takes away a lot of financial powers that you can have. So home ownership is the biggest asset, especially in this national real estate organization. And we empower us, you, your children's children to own a piece of real estate. All right. So in terms of renter households, according to the National Association of Realtors, half of black Americans spend more than 30 percent of their monthly income on rent. It's just so important that as an African-American, that we understand each other's culture. We understand how we work, how we function because of our ethnicity. And so it's so important that we begin to understand with our real estate conferences, engaging in the communication of how to talk with our clients, how to work with our clients. You know, it's like going to a bank, you know, you feel very comfortable uh, with someone of the same color. It helps to bridge the gap. It helps to give a comfort level, knowing that you have a brother or sister like each other to lean on to, to have direction, to, to have mentorship. And that's what we're about. You know, we're not discriminative. We're not against any other ethnicity, but as a black American, it's so important that we come together as a group, as a whole, to help leverage and help lift each other. Want to let you know more resources are available for anyone out there looking to get into real estate or home ownership. Go ahead and check out nareb.com, N-A-R-E-B.com. And special thanks to Ashley, Danny, Courtney, and Lydia. Until next time. Have a good one.